you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast is all football, no narrative. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hanses, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is happening? I hope you guys are uh, <clears throat> proud of yourselves about what happened earlier today <laughs> during the swag pickup. Wow. I, I'm shocked that this came up in the podcast. It took you all of 15 seconds. No, during every, We got a walkout. Every year, uh, there's a, a giveaway of Super Bowl um, uh, memorabilia and T-shirts and things that the employees get. And uh, I was finishing up a Gary Kubiak post for Greg. And uh, the four of us sitting in a For pod. For Greg, it's not Greg.com. It's NFL.com. And I say, I said to the group, Gary oh. Kubiak speaks, the world needs to know. I said to the group, I said, hey, uh, swag day. Uh, today's the swag bag day. Greg shoots up out of his chair <laughs> and says, oh, let's go get it before we go to lunch. They start walking away. And I said, hey, give me, give me like a minute. I need to tweet out this Kubiak story. Left without me. Well, I didn't know that. Well, the you boss issued an order. So, what do you I, want? I didn't know you requested to wait for you. Then I wouldn't. I, have, I wouldn't have left. But the whole point was we were all going to be going to lunch together, and so I figured this is something we need to get out of the way before we all go to lunch together. I'm just going to go do that. I didn't know that we all had to walk in unison at all times. Let the record show that I pointed out, knowing the last time this happened, yeah, at the lunch, lunch, the gate. first walkout. Yep. Yeah, it's I, not the first time I, I was knew left there behind. would be repercussions if we didn't leave, if we left you behind. So I held the door open for a while. Yeah, and then I saw those guys going through the other door. Uh-huh. So I, I kind of left you. I left Wes you just behind. throwing us under couple, the bus. A couple no, points. I just admitted I uh, left them behind. Greg, you should know I'm motivated mostly by slights, <laughs> perceived slights, uh, and I also know because I was watching it the whole time. I was scanning, and I said Greg's leading the charge out, and it speaks to a bigger issue with Greg. Because I wasn't worried. While we're here, we were, were all going to lunch together two minutes later. If we're, if we're gonna put it out there, this is a culture that Greg's created. Remember before Greg came, and somebody would sneeze in the cubicle, and someone would say "bless you." When Greg came, people stopped saying "bless oh, you." Oh, now you're <laughs> insane. Do you do you really want to? In your defense, Chris. Chris did bring up he was a little worried, and Mark also had some – seemed like some consternation. Do you want to be known – Well, because we're going to hear about it for the next exactly. three do, weeks. Do you want to be known <laughs> as the guy that everyone feels like you have to walk around egg, on eggshells? No. The, the D word did come up a few times. Okay. You know? Dude. You, you told that – you said you – you actually <laughs> just said dude. recently you don't want to be coddled. You know? No. We were just walking over there, walking back. I didn't know it was a thing. It hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt, and I even made a point that, oh, this is my first grab bag. Uh, my employment status changed within the company recently, and I was excited to do it with you guys, and what you-, <laughs> you left me behind. I think what you're talking about here is a general breakdown in values. Thank you, Wes. By uh, the way, we were just getting in line to pick up something. And, just, then, and then I had to deal with the nothing... indignation of getting on the line and being four spots behind you guys. And who and what happened then? 
You came back, Mark, and joined me, but right. then you shot a couple daggers at me. Well, you I did shoot a couple daggers too. at you. Well, I found because, you I know thought your behavior was a little, you know, a little bit ill-conceived. <laughs> because you're, you're such a sweet guy, Mark. You knew it was bad, but you let the bully, Greg, lead the charge. And you, were, you had guilt, Wait, and then you hit out at me. This is where, if this were in writing, there'd be an asterisk. And it would say, you go to the bottom of the page, 15 minutes later... Wes, Dan, and Greg have no problem leaving to go to lunch <laughs> while Mark writes a post on Mark Tressman. Boom! And this proves my Nobody point. Nobody had than, a problem with anything. You said to go. You I, said for us to go. Absolutely. Much, but, much, it's, but it's like no one would have said, wait a minute, but that's not gentlemanly enough. Let's sit and wait for Mark to write his Mark Tressman <laughs> yeah, post. But, then we'll all go have lunch together if it's so well, we important that we, we do everything together right, all My the whole time. thing was we were about to go all walk over and have lunch <laughs> together anyways. So I was just getting this thing out of the way. It was like going to the bathroom before lunch. But it was like the football gods the other day <laughs> punished Mike McCarthy for not being aggressive. And you know what? The football gods, he heard the storm going around mm. our desk. And you know where I'm going with this, Dan, I think. Mm-hmm. The minute we got back, or just before we got back, a few minutes ahead of you, Dan, because you were behind in line. Yeah, you left again. Big breaking news happened. <laughs> and if we're all gone, Mark Tressman uh, got the job here with Baltimore. If we're all gone there together, no one at the NFL is on the desk to start that Mark Tressman is going to Baltimore, and the world waits for it. We've got a job here to do. Mark jumped on that right away, and I think that was the football gods telling me, you made the right decision. By the way, I was that's, that's all good. That's all good. Do you that's know what good. the best line of this whole thing was? What? Greg saying, do you think we should plan our lives around your 13-year-old girl mentality? Which, by the way, is sexist. <laughs> <laughs> while Greg is, while we're here, that was sexist. And I was so stunned by the betrayal that when I went into the room, you know, like in the movies where uh, the person, a bomb goes off and the person like loses their like way, and all they hear like is a like, shock the, grenade? like the ear piercing sound. That's all they got. I'm in that room go, looking for uh, looking for this uh, this gear, and I couldn't even understand what was happening. <laughs> I, I didn't just, know what's happening. Anymore. I just don't know where this ends. Like, do we all should we all go to the bathroom together? You know? No, I mean that would be gross. Should I walk you out to your car every day? This is the sound that I heard when I was trying to go through uh pick out my Super Bowl gear. <laughs> Lost all my senses. <laughs> wobbling around. The lady looked at me like, "Are you okay?" At least somebody had I don't think you can you handle free stuff from the NFL. We probably shouldn't send you back. I'm just saying it wasn't the best moment. And by the way, when Greg, when people sneeze, you should say bless you. Or gazoom tight, whatever. I say bless you. Or Reggie Never. Jackson. Let's get into the rest of the podcast. Listen, we're all everything. There's a Webster episode. Uh, Wes, that's showing up the year 30 Webster. years ago. He got mad at God because his mom and dad died, so he used to say Reggie Jackson when somebody sneezed. Mm. I have to admit, I probably never notice when people sneeze because I'm a space cadet. You would know that sitting next to me. I'm always Everything watching. is about 10 seconds later entering my brain. Okay. All right, I'm go- we got passes. It's good that we talked about it. <laughs> I can't believe it took TD so long to drop that. All right, this is our this is our second to last show um, before we head to Arizona. So this is going to be a news heavy show. We got a lot to get to, and then we're going to hand out some awards. Uh, we decided what to call this, Wes. Uh, hiring awards, something like that. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> the coach hiring and firing awards. I don't the know. The new hire awards. The new hire awards. There you Ooh, go. That sounds good. That's, okay. That's why Greg's I mean, the boss. It's workable. Uh, so we'll get to that uh, after the news. But let's let's start with the news. There's just so much to get to right now. Um, so let's get to some news, buddy. Come on, TD. It's a party up in here. Wahoo! <laughs> that is Indy Sarah's uh, little girl. Oh, wow. Oh, very nice. Uh, who sent a sound clip recently of her girl. I wish I knew the daughter's name. What Do you know her? Ellie is her name. Ellie. Very good, TD. Wahoo! <laughs> Starting to make it, guys. <laughs> Very good. TD, you're going to be a great father one day. You know that? You might already be a father. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know anything about the background. That got a huge laughter yeah. out of uh, Zach. Maybe Zach knows something that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start. Let's start. Let's start with Gary Kubiak, who was introduced on Tuesday as the 15th head coach in Denver Broncos history. Uh, he takes over for John Fox, who left. Uh, I guess there was a decision made that they would part ways amicably. And now Gary Kubiak comes on. He was former teammate of John Elway for many years, was the Ravens offensive coordinator last year, and now he joins the Broncos. And I, this was kind of an interesting press conference, guys, because uh, 
despite it being Gary Kubiak's introductory press conference, uh, John Elway was at the podium at, uh, for the same amount of time, if not more, than Kubiak, which to me just hammered the point that, yes, Kubiak's the new coach, but Elway is the boss and everything runs through him, and, and that's where we're at with that organization right now. It's like when the Dolphins hired Bill Parcells to be their football czar, and then nobody paid attention to Tony Sperano and Jeff Ireland because Parcells was overseeing the whole thing. Mm. How did that work out? Uh, it was. Although I don't know if you can blame Parcells for that. It, it, how it worked out was that Bill Parcells and Jeff Ireland no longer speak. <laughs> <laughs> it hammered home for me, I think, again, something. John Elway, who from the age of like 12 on has been told, you're the center of the universe, you're the starting quarterback. You know what, this guy, you want to talk, I don't think Dan is, you can't call Dan a diva when John Elway exists on this planet. Ooh, I like because that. Elway the other day, number one, opens up. <laughs> a little seat, by the way, seeping through. No, here. no, no. You know, it opens up the press conference the other day by calling John Fox John Elway when he thanks essentially himself. That was an honest mistake. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But then today. That was a, but, a pretty amazing, uh, right. though, Freudian And back slip. to back. Yeah. But as Dan points out, he completely overshadows Gary Kubiak's introductory press conference. And what hmm. this is, is a guy, you, you, he felt a little burned. I think there was a lot of difference of opinion where people said, you know, John Elway, your opinion might not be the only thing in the building. We might want to question it. You know what, John Fox, you're out. I'm going to get someone in here who's my old Woo! pal who understood all along that his role was number two to my number are one, you, and he's not going to question Elway, and it's going to hurt the Broncos. Are you calling Gary Kubiak a flunky to John Elway? Yes, I am. I mean, I don't think Gary Kubiak is that at heart, but that's the dynamic that's going on right here. Well, for he sure. literally was the backup. For years. Yeah. I mean, you can't... And except for when he was the offensive coordinator and they won Super Bowls. He is also a coach right. <laughs> He's also a coach that went through a transition of a superstar quarterback retiring into the next phase. I, I give Kubiak credit, I mean Elway credit, that when they asked him, they tried to put him on the spot with a question about, you know, why did you go through all this you know, rigmarole to interview other coaches? Wasn't it Kubiak all along? And he was just like, yeah, he was the top of the list the whole time. This was my plan the whole time. It was basically just a question if Kubiak wanted to do it, and he did. He want, he has this vision of the Broncos as this seamless team that's existed since he was a player in tradition, and Kubiak is the guy to bring that. And I'm not sure if Kubiak's a great head coach, but he does have – a defined skill set and a defined offense that works, and that's more than a lot of head coaches have. So I don't really have a huge problem with it. It might be more than John Fox has. Football head question, is is Gary Kubiak's offense a good fit for what Peyton Manning does and the offenses he's run in his career? I think all we can do is speculate on that. I, everything Gary Kubiak's ever run has needed a mobile quarterback. Joe Flacco is a lot more mobile than people than he's perceived to be. But then Kubiak and, you know, his former players swear on their grave that he can change his offense if he needs to. I mean, Matt Schaub's not exactly Randall Cunningham out there. So he ran a very successful Texans offense with a limited quarterback and a quarterback that really wasn't that mobile. I know they did a lot of uh, boots and everything like that. I thought the answer on Manning today was interesting that he's talked to Manning and they're going to listen to Manning and they're just waiting. And Kubiak made it clear we're going to make an offense around Peyton Manning if he wants to play. So I, I do think the conspiracy theorists that believe this is Elway's way of pushing Manning out the door or saying you're not in control here, I don't know if I really buy that. Right. I, th I think they want Manning back. I think he's just – they're also bringing a coach and potentially to look beyond whatever yep. Manning's decision is, which is not a terrible idea. And if you're Gary Kubiak or any head coach and you can't shift your offense – to fit Peyton Manning if he's coming back for one year, then you're in the wrong position anyways. I mean, you're, you're not going to take like Peyton Manning and put him on endless rollouts. That's absurd. I mean, they'll have to shift it. This is the, tough, the toughest job, though. It's the opposite of what Parcells did every year when he just picked the good-looking 2-14 and 14 team that's easy to revive. He's got a team where the bar has been established. If you lose in the Super Bowl and then you lose as a team that gets a bye, you're getting fired, and you might not have Peyton Manning next year. It's like, this is an impossible job. All right, moving on. Let's talk, Greg, Deflategate. 
Mm. Yeah, <laughs> deflate gate. I thought we were. I thought we agreed we were going to stop throwing gate on on That's the end true. of every con- did controversy. Did we? I, I don't know. I didn't know that. I don't even know why do people say gate is just cause because of water gate. Yeah, simply That's that. It? Yeah. Simply that. Like, how did that end up being tacked? Because it was everything? one of the like pivotal historical moments <laughs> that represented you know controversy and basically right. government breakdown, and so it got tacked on from there. I, Probably more generously more recently than it did right after it happened. I think we've learned by now that sports writers aren't creative, original thinkers. Oh, Wes. Wes, Are you you throwing yourself in that bunch? I mean, this is not the most creative industry. All right. Anyway, Wes, you could talk that out at the Super Bowl (laughs) when you see all these guys uh, in person. Uh, Bill Belichick is denying that the – uh, the Patriots had anything to do with uh, deflating balls or insists he, he knew nothing about it until Monday morning. His quote, we'll cooperate fully with whatever the league wants, whatever questions they ask us. And then uh, Tom Brady laughed it off when he uh, was on his Boston radio show, as he is every week. I think I've heard it all at this point. This That's the last of my worries. I don't even respond to stuff like this. Uh, gentlemen, I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but isn't it weird that this stuff continues to just follow around the Patriots? There's always something new about Patriots and something tied to sportsmanship. There's a lot of smoke. A lot of smoke, right? And it often <laughs> comes after beating the Colts in an AFC championship. I mean, rules were changed uh, when they beat the Colts in the AFC championship back in 2003 or 2004. Polian goes crazy. They basically made defensive holding a rule of emphasis after that. It, I mean, it is bizarre. I don't. I didn't know anything about the whole deflating football phenomenon. Apparently, it's it's a thing. Well, I mean, didn't pa- it start with Peyton Manning? Well, Peyton Manning pushed for the rules to be relaxed in terms of being able to deflate them a little because I guess you can get a better grip on the ball. So now there's a minimum and a maximum. And Aaron Rodgers says there shouldn't be a maximum and. I so, didn't, I've learned a lot about these rules this week. So correct me if I'm wrong here. What you're saying is that the Indianapolis Colts are the tattletales of the NFL. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know what they're going to find here. I, I have a feeling they're not going to – even if they did find anything serious, it's not going to be – It's hard to prove. It, it's so, not going to give them, like, takeaway draft picks. DeQuell, the report from Newsday and Bob Glauber was that DeQuell Jackson intercepted one of Brady's passes, and he thought it – was a little deflated, so he gave it to the coach who then gave it to the officials. And and that was in the second quarter. After halftime, you know, they they blew the Colts out. So I don't know I don't know what's happening. The officials hold the ball every play. You can see it on TV. Could have been so, playing with a beach ball, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> right. I'm just saying they literally hold the ball before every single play and put it on the ground. So they didn't think it was a problem. Snatches get snatches. Don't you feel like anytime someone gets caught for something, there's probably half the other league is doing this, if not the rest yes. of the league in general? Yeah, these coaches float around sure. from team to team. And, like, the Patriots invented this. But it's weird that all these things always come back to the Patriots. Did I miss anything? Spygate? Uh, receiver eligible gate? Well, unless Display you're Josh gate. McDaniels that went to Denver and got nailed for the same thing, yeah. Is there anything else? Was there another? Those are three things. That well, they... this defensive holding thing, it wasn't like they were cheating. <laughs> That's but different. They, they essentially complained. Uh... I'll call that holding gate. Defensive <laughs> holding gate. Tuck sure. roll gate. <laughs> Tuck gate. <laughs> gate gate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, whatever, Greg. I mean, your team is a bunch of cheaters. Give me a break. <laughs> Deflate gate. I didn't no, know. If what... Greg, if you're okay with that. We're okay with it. <laughs> I didn't know it was such a thing. More though, like the thing you need to get past, not the, us. The quarterbacks sand the balls. They sand down the laces. They they mark them up. But I, it's a whole thing. Every team has their own set of balls. But the officials check them ahead of time. That's the part I don't. Yeah. I don't really care. It'd be get. hard to prove. So someone was going to get away with nobody it. would care. Well, someone said another quarterback, and now I'm forgetting who it was. Was that when it's cold and raining like the balls just deflate naturally just a little bit i mean not they, they thought it was just a product of of nature nice uh, try yeah, right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's what she said uh moving on so uh, i'll tell you i'll use a line from mark sessler here uh the opening of post he wrote this morning it didn't take long for the baltimore ravens to unearth gary kubiak's replacement mark trustman buried in the ground <laughs> but dug up Tut. still alive thankfully <laughs> Hired as offense coordinator after spending the past two seasons as head coach of the Bears. He's mm. now the Ravens OC. And Mark Trussman came to the Bears as the great quarterback whisperer 
uh, whisperer gate it turned into because it didn't really work out with Cutler. But now he goes to uh, work with Jake uh, Joe Flacco. That seems like a nice spot. I'm I'm just glad we know about this story before the podcast. If it was up to Dan, we'd still be in line uh, <laughs> waiting for tchotchkes or whatever. Don't let your guilt. <laughs> I don't think drive I wrote that he was under the ground. I believe well, you said that. unearthed. <laughs> okay, but the second part was not. Yeah, I don't know if he was that hard to find. I guess is Dan's point. <laughs> right. Well, you know what? When you're re- this is like the 14th coordinator post. You're, you got to start rewriting these leads to some degree, as Wes knows. Noted, we're not that creative, so right. No, well, you a bunch are. of dunderheaded you're monsters. The, you're the exception. You love Tressman. I remember a couple of years like ago, Tressman. you had a big crush on him because he writes his name the same way as you. <laughs> I went beyond that. That was big. You know, again, misquoted on some level. But. He has a history with the Harbaughs. Jim Harbaugh said once that. Mark Tressman taught him everything he knew when they were Raiders assistants together. He so, also called uh, the Bears' hiring of Tressman a grand slam. Hmm. I, don't you think this is a great fit? I think it's terrific. I have, yeah. I have major yeah. questions about it. I okay. mean, I, I think the world of Tressman is an offensive mind, but that offense was turned around because of Gary Kubiak's work on the offensive line in the running game with his own blocking scheme. I don't know that Mark Tressman's going to have a good running game. The better hire would have been Kyle Shanahan, and I, they were interested mm. in him, and that didn't happen. And that would have just been a complete seamless – it would have like you didn't even hire – a new coordinator it would have been yeah. continuity. And what it is for Joe Flacco, it's three offenses in three years. But I do think that Tressman has done a, a good job outside of Cutler. And he's not – Cutler's not the first guy – Tressman's not the first guy to get whacked by Cutler here. Tressman's done a good job everywhere he's gone with different quarterbacks. And Flacco, I think, is a much better product to work with. Would Rich Gannon, Steve Young, and Scott Mitchell swear by him. Gave yeah. them all their best years. Bernie Kozar. And Tressman was with the Raiders and was a coordinator 01 to 03 – were they doing zone block? I mean, it is a West Coast type of system, so maybe they can have some continuity. Maybe, maybe I do hope for the Ravens' offense and their fans, for whatever it's worth, that they do just keep Kubiak's system as much as possible because that's the best Ravens' offense ever in franchise history. I mean, it's never looked better. That's why it was such a big loss for him to go. All right, let's move on. Mark, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan. It's looking uh, like almost a slam dunk now that the Atlanta Falcons will hire Shanahan as their offensive coordinator and Dan Quinn, the Seahawks' uh, defensive coordinator, as their next head coach. Uh, They have to wait, of course. The Seahawks have to play the Super Bowl, and then after the deal gets done, but a nice little pairing here of Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan taking over the Atlanta Falcons. To me, it's got got a lot more uh, zest to it than a Mike Smith-led unit i think it's great i mean it's like number for me number one it starts with shanahan and matt ryan is he's gonna it's a major upgrade from going from brian hoyer and johnny manziel if you're kyle shanahan i think he did that for his own career longevity and quinn i mean quinn was the hot candidate last year as well that people didn't want to wait around for and i don't have a problem with i don't understand all the people that have issues with teams waiting an extra week or two to get the right guy a it's, month from now, who cares? You got right, the right it's the, guy. It's the teams that seem to have the issue that they're just they just can't wait. That they just have to get it done. They feel like you, you can't wait these extra three weeks. It just seems crazy. Senior Bowl Apparently, week is that why? Because the the Jets, a lot of people talk Todd Bowles that they wanted Quinn and then they went to Bowles and maybe it was because they didn't want to wait. And I read that one of the major concerns is if you wait that long, you really struggle to put together a good staff behind the coach. Uh, so maybe that's the main reason why. But in the Falcons' case, they're going to get a guy in Kyle Shanahan that's a respected guy. But I will one thing on Shanahan, and, and Mark, maybe you can jump in because he was with the Browns last year. Why do people so get so excited about Kyle Shanahan? What has he really done to show himself as a really good offensive coordinator? In I think it's, a, it's very similar to what we just talked about with Kubiak, which is that it's that zone-blocking scheme. And Cleveland's running offense went from a league-low four touchdowns in 2013 to fourth in the league with 17 last year. He, it's a run-based offense. They've got to get some running backs in Atlanta. But Shanahan is a very creative play caller. That when he gets in a rhythm, too, he gets deadly. I love this pairing. I, Dan Quinn was my favorite candidate out there. And, of course, we're ignorant about what he's going to do as a head coach. We It's all a leap of faith with these guys. But first-time head coaches, and you're bringing in an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan. And here's why I love the hire, Dan. Yes. When he was with Kubiak in Houston, the years that Shanahan ran the offense were by far their best years as an offense. He got the best out of Matt Schaub. He goes to the Redskins, slow plays the entire league in the preseason, then unearths a masterpiece for Robert Griffin's rookie season. He's shown that he can run 
basically three or four different kinds of offenses. The pistol, the boot action, a norm he did all play action with Brian Hoyer, turned him into a viable starter, which I mean For you know by the softball pants bet that Yeah. I, that shocked me <laughs> that Brian Hoyer was turned into a viable starter. I, I love everything Kyle Shanahan's ever done as an offensive coordinator. And like the old coordinators, the annoying ones, that we're going to take our system, bring them to a team, and stuff players into the only offense we know, Shanahan is flexible. He's going to go make make offense, the offense in Atlanta work around the players. I totally agree, and it's not just that he's good with quarterbacks, and it's not just that he has a great running game. He has both of them, and, and – the only exception was when RG3 was rushed back from an injury. Any other thoughts on this gentleman? No, these guys, they have it nailed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like it. Great work, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the Bears have found their new defensive coordinator. His name is Vic Vangio. Vangio, of course, <laughs> was the DC of the Niners. Uh, now he takes over a Bears defense uh, along with John Fox. Uh, your thoughts on this? Hi, right, Greg, your turn. Take the floor. Why is it my turn? Ah, it's just your turn to talk I'll about. I'll take it. another one. All right. Right. People are all excited about Vic, Vic Fangio. He did Fangio. do a good job in San Francisco. It's a very creative defense to watch. They don't have any talent there. But I think of all the defensive coordinators that were out there, he probably has the most sizzle just in terms of, like, he's the most fun to watch. If you're a fan of your team and you want to see a creative, aggressive type of defense, he's your guy. Top five defense every year he was in San Francisco, including this year when he lost all-pro Alden Smith, all-pro Patrick Willis, all-pro Navarro Bowman, turned Antoine Bethea into a star, turned Parrish Cox and Chris Culliver into a great cornerback duo, and he's bringing along secondary coach Ed Donatel, I believe. I think that's a great pairing, and really the Bears are going to have to go to a 3-4, I would imagine, because that's what Fangio's always run, and had the best linebacker core of all time in New Orleans as their linebackers coach with Ricky Jackson, Pat, Patrick Swilling, Vaughn Johnson, and Sam Mills, and then goes to San Francisco and has the second best or rivaling the Saints for the best linebacker core of all time. So I think you would you should look for the Bears to take a edge rusher outside linebacker in the first round of the draft. I like that John Fox, who's in theory a defensive-minded coach, he's really turned into that coach that, like, that's not going to be his defense. It's going to be... Vic Fangio's defense. He's not afraid to admit like he he doesn't need to be running the defense at this point. He hires someone that can do it for him. He just kicks back and has well, a few beers. About time. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and finally, we uh, head back to Bill Belichick, who uh, last week we heard him praising Andrew Luck. I think he called him a sixth wide receiver at one point, said he was God's gift to football. Now he's praising Russell Wilson. Anybody picking up a pattern here? He says he's similar to Roger Staubach. Russell Wilson is. Uh, here's Belichick's quote during a Tuesday conference call. I can't really put it into words. Well, you got to think about Belichick. I can't really put it into words. Wilson just got an instinctiveness. He just knows where people are. It looks like he's going to get tackled, and he doesn't. Kind of reminds me of watching Staubach. No one can hear you right now, you, by the way. Yeah, the, the listeners can't even hear you. You think he doesn't see him, but he sees them, or someone knows that they're there. Well, that's an ideal Belichick. That's a nice job by Dan right there. If if you know what Belichick's saying, you know what I just said. It's not as uh, offensive. Some guy on Twitter was not happy with one of your imitations. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't even remember what it was. No. Uh, uh, Henry's, I believe. No, oh, no, Richard, Richard Sherman. Sherman. That was no. it. I don't really? remember your Richard Sherman. I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember my Richard Sherman. Well, the belichick file should be out because this is a this is Richard blasphemy. Sherman, though. Yeah, my bra. Belichick can get engaged. That's the yeah. – that's 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 <laughs> Yeah, my bra. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that went over so well. My <laughs> bra. I, I disagree. When you get Belichick talking about history and you get him talking about the Naval Academy and his boyhood idol – Roger Staubach, he grew up on the campus of the Naval Academy mm. seeing Staubach play every day. To compare his hero and the guy, if you watch the uh, Staubach football life, I believe it was, basically Belichick thinks Staubach's the greatest player of all time, greatest quarterback, or he's, it's his favorite player of all time. To call Russell Wilson that, to remind him of that's quite a compliment. This wasn't just coach speak. He went into specifics of why he adores the way Russell Wilson plays. And to me... Bill Belichick, I know this is going to sound like a ludicrous statement, has the most comprehensive football knowledge of any man who's ever walked the face of the earth. We've, re I mean, he's a bipedal football encyclopedia. He has the largest library in the world of American football, according to Peter King. 
and his, he's the father of a guy on the or, campus of the Naval Academy. Greg now. is he just gushing right now. This is Greg great. Is he's the son of a man who is thought by many to be the greatest scout in NFL history. So he's basically looking at game film when he was eight years old, tailing, tailing his father around and catching passes from Roger Staubach. This is high praise. Throne of ease. Well, it looks all over the place. Right. This Roger Staubach wannabe's on the other team. You know, he's a nice young player. It sounds like he's 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 just um, you know getting filling his mind up, Russell Wilson's mind up, and just psyching him out, just like you did with Andrew Luck, oh, who dropped a twelve for thirty three for one twenty six and two picks after Belichick pumped him up. I think Russell Wilson's too, he's too cagey though to buy into Parcells' uh, Belichick's game. I think what Belichick's saying is that Russell Wilson has this it. Factor that factor? we wouldn't that we would never talk about that we almost laugh about because it's really hard to quantify. I would never laugh Belichick at the it factor. is talking about it factor. I think that's a sense. I think that's what, how what he's saying factor. about Russell Wilson that the, the playing the quarterback. What about Tom Brady? Well, he's got that too, but in a different way. But the quarterback the position is about also. leadership. It's about making the right plays at the right time. It's about some of it is undefinable, and it's athleticism, I mean, he's talking about that in terms of getting away from the defensive ends and still making a play. And I think that's where he sees the comparisons. When people talk about Staubach, that's how they talk about Staubach. They weren't exactly sure how he always got it done, but he but he I, did. Greg, you're the boss. So sorry to correct you, but I've been saying that since day one, baby. Since day one oh, of Russell what? Wilson. Just I think, well, that's not a correction. What do you mean? I'm just saying. You said, no, we don't talk about it. I know you're talking about the guys in front of the glass, but I've been saying it since day I think, one. I think <laughs> I've heard you call Russell Wilson a point guard. Yeah, I have, yeah. Which is a great. Oh, about the it factor. Uh, he's saying. a quarterback, not since Roger Staubach. Well, that's, ex- that's exactly what Belichick saying. Next level Losing. awareness that he has peripheral vision, and he sees windows like Larry Bird saw windows of passing. Right, and, and I, I know. Think well done, TD. I know this might shock you, TD, but it means a little more coming from one of the greatest football coaches of all time <laughs> than it does from a guy that you know is producing this podcast. But who's counting? But wait, Larry Bird was a what, a small forward. He huh? was a power forward uh, and small forward. Yeah. I'm losing track. It was a point forward. Football and he basketball is confusing. <laughs> I think it's a great way to get that in Brady's head and say, "Wait a minute, you're calling the opposing quarterback Ooh. Roger Staubach." Two weeks before you, you and I, Coach Belichick, try to cement our legacy. What am I, Blaine Gabbert? Right. <laughs> All right, and that's what's happening. All right, guys. Uh, so, yeah, we talked a lot about uh, coaches in the news, but listen, that's a, that's a big part of the season. We're going to get w- way into uh, the Super Bowl and those teams and uh, that end of it starting with Thursday show and then the two shows leading up to the Super Bowl and then, of course, the recap show. So you're going to get plenty of Super Bowl talk. But let's uh, do a little more coaching. In fact, these are the first annual. Are we doing the coaches show? No, you know what? You and your coaches <laughs> show, TD. Wow, everything revolves around the coaches show. It's all about the coaches show, baby. It's just like, great show this, this well, week. Well, your I solar did... system is the coaches show is the sun, and you just float. And then we're some like distant galaxy that got isn't even counted as a planet anymore. What, what did they talk about in their twelve? We're the Andromeda strain, right? Yeah, their fifteen minute podcast. We we've seen. <laughs> The light. We've seen the future, and we know that the coaches' podcast is no longer going to be around anymore. Whoa, we want to. We want to fill that hole. Whoa, really? Whoa. Breaking Coach, news. Coaches' show is all, still around, I, and it's hosted by okay. a Super Bowl winning coach. I'm just saying, you know. Sometimes when I when we get into the studio here, we see the shackles that you put on them to keep them here to do the show too. <laughs> just think how. Uh, just think how upset. Brian you got to clean those up before we come in. Think how upset Billick or Mariucci would be if they knew that this podcast existed. Oh, they'd be furious. <laughs> <laughs> heard any? It's like they don't know there's any other podcast. I would assume. Have they ever asked? Do they know the show exists? Of course not. No Stop. way. <laughs> the good news is I don't really know their show exists either. So it's kind of uh, it's easy. That wow. seems irresponsible. It, down. it, it exists. <laughs> it exists for six and a half minutes every week. Oh, <laughs> Twenty five minute Shots show, guys. Do they do they do the whole show looking at their watches? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know, Brian Billick was great this week. He's put his feet up on his table at home and just broke down the game, packing Seahawks from a coaching point of view. Like, it was great stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Okay, that's great. Mm. That's great. But this is not the coaches' show. This is the new <laughs> Coach Awards. The new Hire Awards. New Hire Awards. The NHAs. The NHAs. <laughs> We're working on the title. Maybe next year we'll have one down. So I've got some categories here, gentlemen, and, uh, and, and, and some winners. 
And I just realized just now that I guess I'll have to pick a winner, but you could argue with me, and you know, that's fun. That's the debate that that a podcast is born upon. ATL Debate Club was the original name of this podcast, so it's still in us. It's in the DNA. Here we go. First category, gentlemen. The higher most doomed for failure. I'm going to start negative right off the top. I love doing that. And your nominees are Jim Tomsula, San Francisco 49ers, Jack Del Rio, Oakland Raiders, Gary Kubiak, Denver Broncos, Rex Ryan, Buffalo Bills. And your winner, Jim Tomsula. Wait, you just get to decide the winner? Well, I said I'll, I'll announce the winner, and you guys could argue with me. Okay. Thanks for listening to me, guys. Agree? Uh, the biggest train wreck press conference slash appearance on a local show I've ever seen in a 24-hour oh, yeah. span. Can we play that? TD, let's play that. You and me talking. Just give me a name that you think would be good okay. as an offensive yeah. coordinator. Uh, no. What if I throw a name out there? Yeah, well, Mark you, Trustman. Uh, he invented a new language at one point. Yes, he did. During that answer. Poor uh, handsome Hank, his buddy Tom Sula. Handsome Hank's belief in Tom Sula is help helping me I feel give him way. a little bit of a longer leash. Yeah, I want to see how this goes. Maybe he's not so great with the media. You know, big. I deal. trust Hank's judgment on these things, and I he says he's a genuinely great person, and he's respected by his players. But sometimes I don't know the, that first day uh, on the job, it seemed like. Well, they plucked a defensive line coach and made him the in the put him in the big chair, and maybe he's not supposed to be in the big well, chair. Well, the problem is like his coach. All you hear is players love him, and that that's from top to bottom. They're excited about him being elevated. But the the role of head coach is not just teacher. It's you've got to be out front with the media. And if the Niners don't start six and two like they do almost every year under Jim Harbaugh, and they and they let's say they start three and six, and they're starting to ask Tom Sula tough questions, and all we get is the stuff we got during what we've seen him so far in the media. You're failing at half your job. You have to be <laughs> the figurehead and the the basically the voice of what's happening. And that's a huge part of the role. Being loved is overrated. I mean, right. Rex Ryan's loved. His career mm. record is under right. 500. Well, Bucky Brooks told us in the lunchroom the other day. Basically, listen, if you are if if things start one and three, if they start ugly. That all that love goes away real fast. About everyone's careers here. Anquan Bolden had a quote where he said he didn't think Tom Sula, and he meant it as a compliment, but he said he didn't think Tom Sula would be as tough on them as Harbaugh, and that sounded nice to him. But as a fan, you're kind of thinking, "Oh, is that good?" For all the Dave Campo vibe that Tom Sula is giving off here, as a guy who's coming in after a great coach and is probably gonna, I don't know, seems like a guy who's gonna be an afterthought in a decade. I think the easy answer here is that Jack Del Rio is the worst hire. And it look, I mean, it was it was uninspired anyway. And then he hires Bill Musgrave, who was one of the most unimaginative offensive coordinators you could find. Oversaw the development of Byron Leftwich and Christian Ponder. Does not bode two two first round early first round draft picks. Does not bode well for developing David or Derek Carr. The only caveat there is you're the Raiders and you just need to win a few more games to buy yourself time. <laughs> Why Did don't you, they just consolidate yeah, but they franchises? Win, they want to win the games. The, the, the category was what most likely to fail. Higher most doomed for failure. Well, I, the Raiders have failed for a decade, so. I, I think Del Rio Kubiak is a strong is pick. He was nominated. Kubiak yes. needs to be a strong choice because you're talking about a team that like went, skyrocketing to the Super Bowl, three, you know, multiple playoff appearances under Peyton Manning. You might not have Manning. This could be the Brian Greasy Broncos that Mike Shanahan had to go out on. How about Rex Ryan getting off the hook here? He, he a lot of people said he was the favorite to win this award. He's yeah. got tough competition for this award. He's got tough. He's got good talent. His on that charisma team. will carry him long after they suck and people realize it. A couple Stay of years. <laughs> it's getting ready to be on. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, next award, next category, the best ghost from the past. And this is someone that was kind of forgotten, and all of a sudden they popped up and they're back on the grid and they, they uh, got a job or might be getting a job. Here we go. The nominees are Mike Martz, the Cleveland job he's been connected to, Eric Mangini interviewing for a D coordinator role. Where is that? In Oakland. In Oakland. Oh, that's about right. Mike Shanahan who's floating around trying to get back in the league. Mike Holmgren, your boy, Mark, and Mike Singletary. <laughs> A lot of Mike's here. shot at this, and uh, the winner is 
I asked, sorry, I asked this to Damshek too when we do the Shekis. What's yeah. with the what's with the sound effect of ripping a paper? Oh, you're opening the envelope. Yeah, but you don't ever hear it though doing a broadcast. You don't ever hear a rip in or open right. the paper. Well, I could drop it. I, I like it. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was fun. I, I like it. He's, it he's, he's also a little bit of a He's actually to opening an envelope here with stuff inside of it. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Way to, to, the, way to uh, ruin the illusion of the show, <laughs> TV. It's an anticipation level there. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. And the winner is. Mike Shanahan. Whoa, a little bit of an upset here. Mike wants back in. And no, everybody's, like, everybody's like, no, Mike, are you, no, of course not. I feel like that, that's agent, the agents getting involved. But there was that interest in him, though. Mike Martz will never coach again. Shanahan it always It all was a little weird. It was like, yeah, we're going to interview Shanahan for the 49ers job because we happened to be in Denver that day. And, you know, you know Shanahan is a good lunch spread at his house every day. You know, it was like it was a little – it was unclear what he was interviewing for. Exactly. No, seriously. <laughs> like they happened to be in Denver and like, oh, we're there. We'll swing by. Like they were in the seriously. And it was unclear if whether it was for like a head coaching job or where they were just kind of picking his brain about different yeah. people. You pointed that out, West, a week ago. I think that is a lot more the latter. It's you talk to ten, fifteen people and get any sort of information about your own team's problems before you find the. Pick. I got the sense that some teams were looking at him in a general manager type of role, or or footballs are, which makes no absolutely no sense because he's one of the worst general managers. I mean, every time he's been a coach slash GM, he's failed. The G- Shanahan, the GM, always killed Shanahan, the coach. Right. And I think he did in Washington. Ultimately, I think he was the one picking the players. Mark, Same with Mike Holmgren. Mark, your thoughts on the the report connecting Martz to the Browns? Uh, Won't happen. Is there any way that happens? I hope it doesn't happen. I will bet you a sandwich right now it absolutely doesn't happen. Do you have any information on this or something? You seem confident. I'm deadly confident. I feel like you're just desperate for it not to happen, and you're trying to will it out of life. I'm guaranteeing you it will not happen. Do you have any kind of info or or theories on why they actually brought him in? No, I don't. But that's because they did very odd things last year when they were looking to fill their head coaching role, even while they were heat-seeking towards Pettin at the end during the Senior Bowl week. Reports floated up of them talking to other people. I I do I can promise you it won't be Martz. It's it's funny. I was saying this to Greg a, a week ago or so that the Browns are kind of like the screw up brother in law that you're really rooting for to get it together and and he keeps messing up and you root for him and then Mark I look at you you're like I'm talking it's your brother and you're my wife which you really you're kind of like my work wife and you're like you're like man. <laughs> Listen. Why is he such a screw up? Why are the Browns such screw ups? They can't. I mean, they can't do. The, why are they getting a new offense and well, again and again and again? They did screw up, and I think that they're a team that's not figured out how to operate on a week to week basis. When you hear about you know employees texting stuff that was annoying Shanahan. One little thing about Shanahan. I mean, this is a guy that you hear also he's not the easiest person on the planet to Been work some with. Some drama wherever right. he's gone. Right, and so you know it's a little. Maybe it was just a bad soup, and I think that. Shanahan wants or Pettin wants someone he can trust, but it won't be Martz. But they're getting filled up here. These offensive coordinator jobs. Like, who are you hoping for? Almost always starts at the top, Mark. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. I mean, I do absolutely. Yep. Uh, by the way, another another lesson to be learned in life that you could learn through following football: pulling your pants down in the middle of your workplace going to hurt you in the future, Mike Singletary. It's hard to recover yeah. from that. In any line of trade. Well, in most, down, in most you show lines underpants of to people. What about the guy who rushed onto the field in Seattle? That guy deserves a raise wherever he works. <laughs> but he probably got fired too. It's kind of the point. All right, next category. This one's kind of connected to the previous category. This is the comeback coach slash executive of the year award. Guy that was kind of out of the mix, and now he landed in a job, and he's back on his feet, and who knows what comes next. Your nominees. Steve Spagnola. The defensive coordinator, once again for the Giants, he has risen, and Giants fans are thrilled about it. They think it's still 2007, 2011. they got the same personnel. Good job, Steve. Jeff Ireland, a new consultant for the Nolan Saints. We, we believe there's some conflict yeah, here on this reporting. May or may not be happening. Okay. <laughs> Reportedly. Uh, he's not going to be the right answer to this question anyway. Uh, Chan Gailey, who we thought might be connected with the Jets. Maybe he's not, but could be. This award's not very strong. It maybe shouldn't have been in the uh, award show. Here we go. What about Gary Kubiak? He fits this. Kubes. No, he was an OC last year. He's, he was on the radar. He was, now he's a head coach. Someone that was totally off the radar. Oh, okay. All right. The winner I thought is. that was the first category. It's a connected <laughs> category. Spags for the Giants. Uh, his career <laughs> fell off the rails. He's a, a hot property. Goes to the. Well, he got a job with the Rams, I believe. 
And the Ra- the Rams was where he was the head coach. Head yeah. coach bombs out there, goes to the Saints, bombs out there. Now he's back with the Giants. And, you know, I nice have to go. With, I have to agree with you because the other two people don't officially have no, jobs. No, like I said. So. Yeah, I'm sure he could have turned around that defense with Spencer Paysinger as his best player. All right, now Spag- all right. Spagnolo is one of those guys. He leads the league and. Uh, media likes him, but all his former coworkers don't. Which that's always a troublesome yeah, type of tough. coach. I'm giving this award to Kubiak. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a write-in candidate. Yeah, okay, Kubiak. I like that. He's going from coordinator to head coach. He's coming back. All right, here we go. This is now. Let's get to the serious business. Best looking hire. <laughs> I consulted with Mark, who is also comfortable in his heterosexuality. So we're gonna lay it out here and don't worry. What are you saying about me and Greg? Not as comfortable. I just can't tell. Interesting. Yeah. Now, actually, I, Greg's pretty comfortable, too. I could not tell you between the three <laughs> so of you guys. Really throwing Wes well, no, under the bus. not throwing him under the bus. Some people, like, TD's not that comfortable with it either, I don't think. It's not an uncomfortability. I honestly can't. I cannot tell you which one of you three is the best looking. Well, it's me. Well, it's also subjective. Greg is still though. hanging on that one random that. guy that thought wasn't wearing his glasses and thought he was Tom Brady on a TV show. Oh, screen. yeah. Aaron, uh, Aaron in photo department. That was that great. That guy's legally one blind. Of the, one of the highlights of my month. <laughs> Anyway, here we go. Here is the category. And don't worry. I know you had to write in for Coops. Coops has been a big time. He's like the Bradley Cooper of these awards. Nominated multiple spots. Mm. Best looking hire, Gary Kubiak, Denver Broncos. Guy's aging in reverse. He's like a Madame Tussauds uh, wax figure. I, you, he seems like you're giving short shrift to Jack Del Rio. Here. Well, we haven't oh, wait, gone through a, all the nominees. Oh, okay. I, I, thought you were, I, I thought you were naming him. I, I know we still have to go through the nominees, but this does feel a little bit like you were talking downstairs how Kubiak and you, you guys have similar hair, so it's almost like you're projecting. Right? No, well, actually, I we're talking that. about Omar Ruiz. Ruiz. Yeah, right. NFL Network's Omar Ruiz. <laughs> Sorry. Kubiak has like an 80s haircut and a, a possible dye job going on. It's a totally possible? different situation. Uh, here we go. Best looking guy. Let's get back on track. Oh, sorry. Gary Kubiak. John, the Silver Fox, Chicago Bears. Jack Del Rio, Oakland Raiders. Todd Bowles, New York Jets. That was a, Mark pushed hard for that one. And Dan Quinn. And we're assuming he'll, he's a new hire with the Falcons. So a loaded category here. The winner. In an upset, Gary Kubiak is the best looking coach. When, when you're like 60 years old and you look like you're 40, that's pretty good. He doesn't have wrinkles. I think one guy we might be overlooking is Rex Ryan for the reclamation project that has happened over. Number one, the nicest oh, teeth yeah. on planet no, he's Earth. No, he has the worst teeth in the NFL. This is the guy you They're ch- perfectly white. I don't know. The whole committee has to be taken to task. That was Mark's Mark push for that one, too. <laughs> Dan Quinn. No, Dan Quinn man. did not make my top four. You I wrote him Quinn. in later. I said he has nice eyes. Rex Ryan is. <laughs> Dan Quinn has nice it's eyes. Little, I interviewed him last year. You're, you're little a little Uncle Fester right Greg there. is looking at a one-inch by one-inch <laughs> Don't be shot. baldest. All right. All I right. said he has nice eyes, and I stand by that. Go right. check it out during Super Bowl. I, th- I think the you committee have a made a mistake here. I'd probably go Coobs myself. Okay. You know, he has to Coobs for where he is. I'm surprised Del Rio is furious right now. I think right. you guys are right. underselling no Jack Del Rio. No Del Rio. Uh, yeah, no, Del Rio's good looking. He's, I mean, he's changed over the last couple Women of dig Jack, Jack You guys Del are – this, this is an award for the young. His I name? mean, this is like – are you going to draft a 43-year-old quarterback? No. This is an award for the young. That's what. That's who the, the Are women want. Are you saying Todd Bowles? I'm saying either Todd Bowles, maybe Del Rio as an underdog. But, yeah, Bowles is an in-shape guy, Bowles. an ex-NFL player. Yeah, no, you know. yeah, That's why I push hard for him in, to get in the race here. Bowles I mean, or Del Rio. But Dan is the authority here. That's uh, <laughs> I'm, like I said, I'm just throwing out a winner, and then I'm open to debate. All right, it's time. We're going to slow down for a second, and we're going to give out an award. This is not a. This will not have nominees. This is just uh, the Academy gets together, and they announce it. Uh, Mark, He's got a nice smile. Yeah, Greg pointing to Todd Bowles. Pretty hot. I'd give him a seven and a half. <laughs> All right, the Lifetime Achievement Award in Fail. And, uh, you know, this goes to a man who uh, – this, this is a little <laughs> – this is a man that thought he had the world in the palm of his hand, and it didn't quite work out that way. On New Year's Eve, you thought he'd be ringing in the new year with all the leverage in the world and a $4 million check. Instead, he's now the offensive line coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is Doug Marone, your 2015 winner of the Lifetime Achievement mm. Award in Fail. Who gave him that advice, and how quickly was that man fired? Or woman. Yeah, I take back those... Uh hot takes on this podcast that I had mm. of what a smart move by his agent that he not only got the $4 million, but he's going to deliver him to another team because 
the fact is, if Marone knew this was ever going to happen, he would have never left Buffalo, and and he's furious right now at, at how this all happened. Shocking that NFL owners would not look kindly on a guy who opted out of his contract and basically quit his team. Yeah, and also everywhere he has been, there are leaks that he's impossible to work with, that he's a head case, that he's the fourth diva we've <laughs> talked about on the show today. But the interesting thing is, immediately after the opt-out, there was the buzz, oh, he quit his team. But you saw a lot of reporting from a lot of NFL insiders and a lot of tweets. that All of them. This Clean was, sweep. This was a guy that was highly, deeply respected in league circles for the work he did in Buffalo the last two years. So was that hook, line, and sinker? Something happened. For the happened. whole Something happened. NFL reporting industry? And by the way, I still think, and Charlie Casserly was, I was listening, he did an interview uh, of course, he's been the consultant for the Jets during their coach GM search. Uh, he was on Mike Francesa in New York. I was listening, and and it does it still still sounds to me because he was he pushed hard for Marone to the Jets that that was probably what was set up, and then Marone didn't handle the interview well. Something went wrong in that interview. Well, they said he didn't, and then he was hung out to dry after that. Yeah, I mean, and it, you have to wonder if when the initial rash of reports that he's wanted and there's all this attraction towards Marone, that it is a little bit of the insiders getting fed something well, by I'm agents sure that's and what other Marone, people, right? I'm sure that's what Marone thought because you're not going you to walk away from a head coaching job. I mean, at one point after the Jets interview, he went to go interview with Atlanta, and it was positioned in the media like, Oh, he's going to keep his options open. You know, he might play Atlanta off of the Jets in some bidding war or something like that. In the end, you know, n- neither one of those teams. That's how you get it. a lifetime achievement award. It has to be a special <laughs> type of goof. And uh, Adam blow it. Adam Gase could have been a contender. I don't know if he really managed it poorly, but everyone thought he was going to either be the next Broncos coach or the next 49ers coach. Two two great jobs. Well, and Gase he ended didn't up, know he still doesn't the, have a job. He didn't know that the job he had wouldn't be there for him three weeks ago. Right. I, I hope mean, I didn't step different. on a future award. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, maybe he's maybe he'll be the head coach of the Jags next year and everything will be forgotten. Who knows? But who Marone? Yeah, I don't think so. No, but I mean Mike. Now, he's like Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey left the Bills job it, with more dignity. He just said, "I don't like this ownership. I don't like what's going on in the front office. I'm just gonna leave." And he, he didn't have any money waiting for him. He actually gave up a lot of money to do that. And you know, he didn't get another head coaching job for another eight years. That turned out to be in Jacksonville, and that only lasted one year, and, and that's how it goes. Like, what a year it was, though. <laughs> 2-14. and 14. Uh, All right, here we go. The next category, always the bridesmaid, bridesmaid, never the bride, and your nominees. Adam Gates. This is for the guy that always gets connected. Sorry. We, we know. Excuse me, for a head coach. Well, you got to make it clear to the audience. Connected to I getting a head coaching job. So not literally going to weddings and, and dressing as <laughs> bridesmaids. You need to be okay. clear in the hosting role. Uh, connected to coaching jobs never quite happens. Adam Gase, Doug Marone, Hugh Jackson, Pep Hamilton, Terrell Austin, and Josh McDaniels. Hmm. Is this a just for this year only, or are we taking past into account? Uh, well? you got to kind of factor in the past for this right. one, okay? but stay mostly rooted in the last month or so. Winner is Josh McDaniels. Wes doesn't like it. Sounds like we have a bit of a, a, a battle brewing here. Go ahead. I can't believe anybody took Josh McDaniels seriously as a bridesmaid. The Academy did. I think Hugh Jackson's <laughs> the answer here. I, I would back Jackson, too, because he was a hot name coming out of this, and he never really went far with any search. It was like, you know, Pep Hamilton's too, a little bit too early in the process. Same with Terrell, Terrell Austin. And McDaniels, one thing about McDaniels is he absolutely burnt his own bridge in Denver. When the, when he left, Pat Boland basically said, I will never hire a young coach like him ever hmm. again. And Hugh Jackson, With essentially Spygate right. 2. I will never touch a young candidate that immature who can, he can destroy a room uh, that way phrasing, ever again. Uh, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> right, but he hasn't burned his bridge elsewhere, and I think it's telling that Thomas yeah, because he's back in the comfortable cradle of New England where every coordinator looks good, then goes out and fails. I, I think Gase is the winner here because it's a red flag to me that not only does he not get the job in Denver where Peyton Manning apparently wants him and he's been in town, but I don't know. If John Fox, you know, in theory, could bring him to Chicago, that might be – maybe, and maybe he will, but if he doesn't bring him to Chicago, okay, there's another guy that just had you – and went to the Super Bowl with you, had a ton of success for, with you, and yet he doesn't want to bring you with him. So we'll see. Maybe Gase will end up in Chicago. I, I don't have know. new information here. Hugh Jackson was left at the altar. 
His agent came mm. on a radio show in Cincinnati, I believe with Lance McAllister, and said Hugh Jackson was stunned he did not get the Bills job. Going into the night before they hired Rex Ryan, Hugh thought he had it. Mm. Ouch. That just strikes me as Hugh Jackson's probably like the most confident guy in the world. Like Every time he throws a bowling pin, he's like stunned <laughs> that all ten <laughs> pins don't go down. He's like, what happened here? <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, next category: the best, the coach with the best chance um, for a deep well of unintentional comedy. Your nominees are Jim Tom Sula, winner. Jim Tom Sula, <laughs> Jim Tom Sula, and Jim Tom Sula, and your winner is Jim Tom Sula. <laughs> I like that you're not even ripping the envelope anymore. You're just crumbling it up in your microphone. <laughs> it's getting late in the show. I feel bad for him almost. I just it's not gonna it's gonna be brutal. If he Henry's gonna be succeed. so mad when he listens to the show. Because uh, this is why That's Henry's boy, by the way. That's Henry's boy. I think we would be lampooning Jim Tom Sully even more if we didn't respect Henry so much. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he'll turn out to be a great coach. Could but, save Wes. Could but save. by the way, you can you could be a king of unintentional comedy and still be successful also. I'll right, I'm looking that. forward to that. Like who? Homer Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying he could be a guy. He could be like a lovable, like kind of Rex Ryan on Right, they level. could win and they'd be like, well, this guy's quotes, they don't make sense, hey, but we Rex love this Ryan guy. Rex Ryan is yes. right. gifted with the power of communication. All right. Rex is intentional. Rex Wait. somehow avoided all these awards. Wes, this is shocking. Wes, you're saying that this isn't good communication? What if I throw a name out there? Yeah, well, Mark Trustman. I I, it's like an alien life form. <laughs> he is like the son of Yogi Berra. <laughs> or Yoda. <laughs> Yogi Berra. Nice. I like when you work baseball. Anymore. Listen, I know like four people in baseball. That's one of the four. Lonnie Chisenhall. Um, all right. We're going to let's uh, now everyone remove your hats before we get to the final category. It's that time of the show where we look back on the people that we lost in the past month. <laughs> Perry Fuel. Jim Schwartz, Mike Smith, John Idzik, Jed Fish, Jim Hazlitt, Jim Harbaugh. There's always like who's going to be the last person that gets called when they do that. It's always a hard decision. You want to give it to the person that deserves the most uh, pop, applause at the end. Harbaugh got it. Off to Michigan. He's like the Jack Lemmon of this group. These guys haven't died. They're collecting paychecks. Schwartz <laughs> is making millions of dollars the next couple of years from the Bills. And who knows? Maybe he'll pop up in the next they'll week. get a job. I'm just saying they're off the grid right now. Okay. We lost them. They're, they're, I'm sure Schwartz is listening to this show in like a private plane <laughs> heading to Nepal for like a three-week camping vacation. Mike Smith was Sounds averaging awful. 13 wins a year a couple of years ago, and now he can't find a job. This really is like an award show that in that it's gone like horribly long. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> All right, final award. Final category, and this is <laughs> that was the final award. Okay. This is this is it. This is what it's. Uh, this is what it all comes down to. And this is this is why you lift all them weights. The best hire of the 2015 uh, coaching search. This is why you lift all them weights. There you go. Here we go. NTD. I think each of these nominees deserve their own applause because just getting nominated in this category is very good. Todd Bowles, New York Jets. Mark Tressman. Baltimore Ravens. John Fox, Chicago Bears. Vifangio, Chicago Bears. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, Atlanta Falcons. And the winner, the best hire of 2015. Wes, you open it up, you take a look. Who's the winner? Oh, the Fangio. Wow, wow. <laughs> Fangio. The Fangio. I disagree. Listen. You go back to Chicago, the monsters of the Midway, Midwest, you're in the elements, you bring it back to the defense. Who's been a more successful assistant coach than Great Vic Fangio? Well, we're getting that off. seems a little. Uh, nice. This is how. By the way, shows Kyle Shanahan, Greg could coordinate Atlanta's offense. Kyle Shanahan is walking into a situation where he's going to success, he's immediate success off the charts. Bears are a disaster. Was Rex Ryan nominated? Didn't get nominated. But I don't think this really? award is like most likely for success, like best hire. Hmm. Well, well it's, I agree it's, that it's, Shanahan is in a plum well. situation. They're set up well for success. Yeah, you know, you good job. Surprised, surprised you didn't give it to your boy, Todd Bowles, the new Jets coach. 
Uh, listen, the envelope said what it said. I'm not. I don't vote. I'm not part of the academy. And John Fox and Vic Fangio both with Chicago. So, by the way, Bears things came together for the Bears. There, they went from not knowing who they're going to hire. The Broncos all of a sudden uh, have a conscious uncoupling with. Uh, John Fox, they grab Foxy immediately. Everybody's talking high about their new young GM. Now they got Fangio. Uh, maybe hey, you got John up. Fox and Jay Cutler. I, yeah, Jay I, Cutler I'm for 20 right. time as a Bears fan here. That's the other side of it. All right, so those were the uh, new coaching hire awards for 2015. We will be back on Thursday with another show uh, dedicated to the Super Bowl coverage as we get closer and closer to the big game. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off. For Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and Tay Day behind the glass. And I see Z Drizzle back there. Until Thursday. <laughs> we will remember all those men. Will you remember me? Don't let your love pass you by. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Three very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.